3: Hey, it's Debbie Brown from the Dropping Gems podcast. Really excited. Me and my girl, Zuri Hall from the Hot Happy Mess podcast are bringing you Happy Gems. That's right. The Black Effect Podcast Network is proud to present the Happy Gems virtual event. It is going down to really equip everyone with all the tools that they need to live the biggest life possible. It's BIPOC Mental Health Awareness Month. We wanna make sure you have all the tools for your inner and outer work whenever you need it. So don't miss this really unique once in a lifetime experience where you can find tools on creating balance and manifesting happiness to join me, Debbie Brown and Zuri Hall for happy gems. Go to momenthouse.com forward slash black effect and get your tickets today.
4: From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fired. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs on the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe. Scribe told son. Son told wife. Wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come. Dropping Gems. Dropping Gems.
3: Hey, welcome. This is the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Brown, and this is a show where we explore higher consciousness for real life. So it is all about demystifying self-care, demystifying personal discovery, demystifying self-awareness and making all of these pieces so easy to fit into your day-to-day life because lord knows we all need the tools and we all already have them inside of us and this show is really all about exploring how to observe them utilize them, cultivate them. So this episode today is really in service to recognizing May as Mental Health Month mental health is a huge conversation that is shifting the paradigm of our collective consciousness. You know, it's obviously, um, psychology has been around for a couple hundred years. Um, philosophy has been around for thousands and self-investigation of the human experience and a desire to feel deeply seen and heard a desire to have access to the highest level possible of our self-expression, um, and to be known to one another, that is a human desire and longing that has existed by design since the start of humanity. So mental health, na- mental health, excuse me, is having really its expanded moment in the sun right now where we're able to have these expansive conversations about what our pasts have looked like, what we desire our futures to be, how we're experiencing our present moment, and also how to unburden ourselves. You know, something that I've really enjoyed about being alive in this moment in time is all of the conversations we are able to have about our feelings and our experiences. And it's never lost on me how we're really the first of our kinds in this moment. Whatever generation you fall into, if you are alive right now, whatever age, you can be five, you can be 99, um, this is a moment in time that's never been where we are really um practicing and learning how to and standing in our truth. Um, and it is a privilege. I was having a conversation with my mom recently. Uh we traveled to Mexico, my mother and I, my son, uh, this past week. I spend a lot of time in Mexico. I actually live there for part of the year. Um and we were just having a conversation about you know, intergenerationally what we've all had access to. And I think something that was a really important um, piece of my journey in the last 10 years, something I felt really strongly about was this idea of breaking generational curses. Um, and in other language, that's referred to as really the healing of ancestral trauma or the healing of intergenerational trauma. And, you know, I think myself and many people that I know, there was such a deep pride we were taking in that. Um, but there's also a humility and a gratitude to be had because every generation did the absolute best they could from the access to consciousness that they had. And the great thing about humanity, um, Lord willing, is that as we all keep going, every incremental step forward that we make, every healing that we share with ourselves, no matter how deep, it's all in service to the generations that come next. And so yes, many of us are committed to this beautiful moment where we have the privilege and the freedom and the access to be with ourselves as deeply as we're capable of. And to have an access to information and access to the hacks from other people that came before us the literature the videos the podcasts like this one but we also have to honor the fact that all of the generations that came before us our parents they did not have all of this and they did the absolute best they could with the information that was the leading information of the time so one of the things that she and I were exploring, I think I'll do a whole nother episode about this, was even just parenting, you know, and and the leading parenting of the time and the books that, you know, my mom was reading at the time were talking about things like time out and how that's really needed for kids. And, you know, there's, there's space for time out. There's also time ins, which is, you know, what a lot of us call it now. But the piece that we've expanded in now, gratefully, is that, you know, explaining to our children why they're having a moment to breathe, why they're having a moment of time out and nurturing their emotions in that process and not isolating them. Um, But that only comes with time and that only comes with trial and error. And so making peace with where parenting was at at the different stages of our human experience, um, can be really powerful to begin to explore and observe and begin to release some againstness around. And, you know, just looking at it from the purview of what was available for those that came before us, and also recognizing for some the courage and the bravery it took for each to do the best they could in each moment. So those are my thoughts on that. I kind of I wasn't expecting to go there, but here we are. So this episode, we are in mental health month, and I had the opportunity to have a really expansive conversation with one of my best friends in the world, my soul family, and also the creator of this network that my podcast is on, Charlemagne the God, aka Lenard. He and I were part of a live series on the Mental Health Coalition Instagram, powered by Kenneth Cole. And we had a conversation that was called the one-to-one. And so the real basis of it was that everyone needs to talk to someone. And Charlemagne for me represents um, one of the closest human beings in my life and he and I are constantly um, throughout the week in in conversation about our growth and what we're learning and ourselves and such an honor and a joy to have that depth of friendship in my life and so he and I talked about that we talked about um, the way that we connect with one another we talked Insights on self-care and black mental health. And we were joined by the phenomenal Dr. Alfie, who is also uh, both of us are on the founding board of Charlemagne's foundation, the Mental Wealth Alliance. And Dr. Alfie is just such an incredibly brilliant Doctor, psychologist, woman, soul, scientist. Um, and so we all got to weigh in on how we experience mental health and how we experience connecting with other people for the benefit of our mental health. So I thought this week I'd love to share this conversation with you. So here we go.
5: Charlemagne the God here, live from the Mental Health Coalition. You're about to have us a, a nice little lively conversation today. Uh, these have been called one-to-ones, courtesy of the Mental Health Coalition. Oh, there she goes. Debbie, <laughs> what's happening, my sister?
3: Oh, Charlotte, I love you. I'm so happy to see your face.
5: I love you more. Listen, you know, we're doing, we're, we're coming from the mental Health Coalition handled today for their 31 Days in May project. You know as well as I do that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And every single day in May, we're going to, they're going to have live conversations about mental health. You know, and like I always tell oh, folks, wow. you know, the only way we're going to eradicate the stigma around mental health is for all of us to tell our story. So, you know, that's what we're here today to do
3: absolutely absolutely owning owning our stories and being in acceptance of our stories is such a big part of what the work is the work of self the work of healing the work of the soul you know i think sometimes our stories can really limit us um, but when we connect to them and use them as things that don't define us and aren't a judgment for ourselves for our stories there's just so much opportunity
5: I'm going to ask you a question and I want an honest answer. Okay. okay. And, and, and it's a question nowadays that you should not ask people if you don't want an honest answer. Oh Lord. How are you? <laughs> oh.
3: I feel very equipped for this moment of my life. Mm. So I feel, I feel very well. I feel nourished. I feel good, but life is also has its challenges which I think for all of us and I I speak to that to say it's so important I think a lot of people see me meditating on the gram or you know see me working in wellness and the imagination is that oh you've reached that limit and now everything is peace and everything is constant tranquility and yes I do feel peace a resounding amount of the time but my life is like every human experience it's filled with challenge and I think What these tools give us when we do lock into healing work is that the way we feel about ourselves doesn't have to have againstness. It doesn't have to have charge, right? We can go through all of the challenges that we may face with a little more stability, a little more grace, a little more structure to our healing, and a little bit more ability to be um, equipped to meet our own needs.
5: Mm. So what if you? What about those moments when you show up and you 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 know you you say you feel equipped? But what about those moments when you don't feel equipped? Because that's the thing about life, right? It's always these ebbs and flows. Like some days you're like you up and you're ready for the challenge, and some days you are like yo, I'm just exhausted. I'm drained. I don't have anything to pour into anybody because yeah. I need somebody to pour into me.
3: Well, you know what? It, it's interesting, right? Because by the word equipped, I never said that I had every tool, and so I think. Um, We have to reevaluate what equipped means. Sometimes equipped is I have the ability to stop, right? Like sometimes it's a day like I had a few weeks ago where I did feel deeply depressed. I had some depression creeping in. I had I was really exhausted. And in that moment, I just said, I'm gonna be with myself today. I'm not gonna get mad at myself for feeling down, I'm not gonna be in judgment of myself for feeling not as on as I normally am. Instead, I'm just gonna say, oh, my body's natural alarm system is letting me know that I need to focus on myself, that I need to have some rest. And so that is being equipped, knowing when to turn off, knowing when to surrender. Um, So on days like that, it's just so powerful to listen to your own soul, to listen to your body and let it tell you what it needs and stop trying to program it with other things that you're seeing in the world or that you're seeing on Instagram or not to be comparative with your journey. You know, part of the human experience is we are constantly in this ebb and flow. You know, we are constantly navigating and moving. Um, and just surrendering to that flow and knowing that on the days that don't feel as nourishing and don't feel as good, you're still enough. You're still worthy. You still have the ability to change directions at any moment you have choice.
5: What What, what do you think, you know, when we talk about mental health awareness month, what do you think people should be aware of? Like, like if it's just mm-hmm. a a person that's just tuning into this, you know, they want to do the work on themselves, but they, they haven't started. Where does the journey begin?
3: I think the journey really begins in simply identifying that you want to feel something else. I don't want to put it in the hierarchy of like you want to feel better, right? Because that's everyone has their different level of that, whatever that is. And sometimes our perception of better or more is based on the limitation of how we know ourselves right now. So I think um, when you just make the conscious choice that you want to feel something different, that is the beginning of it. Intention setting cannot be, um, I think think sometimes it's undervalued. I think sometimes people see the idea of intention setting as you've already reached a certain level of enlightenment and now it's about manifesting. And so, oh, my intention is I want to have this, I want to be this. And sometimes intention setting is just saying, I don't have the answer, but I know I want to make another choice. Mm. Please, please, universe, God, people, tangible people in my life, please support me in this. And knowing that you not knowing the answer yet is what the journey is. You know, a lot of times I think too, even when it comes with the acceptance of self, even when it comes with the way that we experience our mental health, we walk into even our healing with such a judgment of why don't I already know this? Why why don't I already have the tools? And that judgment is what limits our healing. That judgment is what limits our ability to even seek out the help because we're trying to wrap ourselves in a certain package before we're even delivering to the doorstep of the person that will help us. We are allowed to come as we are. In that moment, we are enough. We are enough all the time, but giving ourselves permission to not be perfect, to not be the experts. And I think, you know, part of the way the human brain works in general is that we really prize predictive behavior ever since the caveman age when we had to stay alive. And so we look at everything that we envision for ourselves and we think we have to have the vertical or the trajectory of how to do that. Well, if you've never done it, how could you? How would you? It hasn't been done by you yet and that's okay and that's what the journey is and so I think the piece of it that I would really speak to that I hope anyone watching this takes away is the importance of curiosity when we begin to look at our lives with curiosity instead of judgment we create our freedom so even on the days that we feel sad I work in well-being But I also have been in this global pandemic. I have struggled with depression for the past year as so many people. But in the moments that I'm feeling my perceived lowest, I'm really looking at myself and saying, okay, what are your needs? How can you show up for yourself right now? And if you can't show up for yourself, that's okay. But how can you find someone or something to aid you? But our freedom is in our curiosity. As soon as we begin to see ourselves as these divine co-creators that can be active participants in our lives that don't have to know all the answers that can just begin to ask questions. We, We take the limitations off our life. We take the limitations off of our mental health, off of our soul nourishment. And there's just opportunity in front of us.
5: Not having the answers is what causes panic attacks, Dev.
3: I know, I know. And what helps with that is making peace with the fact that you were never designed to have the answers. Who told you you had to have them? Mm.
1: Mm.
3: Who told you that you had to know everything? Who told you that you had to fix, quote unquote, fix yourself because of brokenness or that something was wrong with you because you didn't learn within your family system ways to regulate your emotions? We have to start, even our curiosity, we have to start looking at the way we've answered questions for ourselves. Curiosity isn't asking a question and then shooting in with an answer. Curiosity is asking the question and allowing life to inform that answer.
5: Mm -hmm. You know, I I hit you last week. I sent you a text because, you know, I just had a conversation. We had Yon LaVon Zahn on the show and I was saying how, like, well, she said. Queen. she, She asked me, Am, am am I doing growth work mm. or healing work? And and you know I get triggered easily, right? Like all my tri- <laughs> like, it's like and it's like when you get triggered, it feels like all the work you've done is just out the window, right? Because it feels like you're right back to to where you started, right? So what do you think? You think you think mm. that they they go hand in hand? Can you be doing one without the other? Like is there growth work? Is there healing work? What's the difference?
3: Yeah, and they, they absolutely go hand in hand, but they are different things because, you know, human beings by design, we can learn anything. We can regurgitate anything. We can parrot anything. And so what you would kind of call the way that I'm interpreting what you're sharing, the what we would call like that stage in which we are, that stage in which we're, when we're focused more on growth mindset that is more of the cognitive or intellectualization phase to actually change our lives and the way that we feel about ourselves we have to take what we've learned in our minds and bring it down to our hearts and be with ourselves in process and so you know as you shared you know like having triggers from not knowing certain answers or having triggers of things that maybe we have been previously working on even reframing that lens is, takes us to a place that's so much deeper than growth, and it really becomes that space of transformation and transcendence. And so what that would kind of look like is next time you feel triggered about something, just surrendering to knowing you have a right to feel triggered and that you have been unlearning that, but now there's an opportunity to deepen it. You know, there, there are certain things within my own story that I've been working on for 10 years, you know? And I remember at one point I had a few years ago, I had this, I ended up like collapsed in tears and I was just like, I thought I already healed this. Why am I, why do I, why am I crying about this? You know? And someone I was speaking to at the time, they said, yeah, but you healed so much of it. And that's why you've arrived at this moment, an opportunity to go even deeper, you know? And so if we stop looking at the growth of our spirits and the nourishment of our mental health through the lens of society and accomplishment, that's really what the problem is. We're looking at our growth and our healing through the the societal construct of what it is to be successful, what it is to be accomplished. And we reframe it around our own personal needs freedom is there, you know? And so next time, maybe something that was triggering for you, um, you know, maybe someone's been walking through healing betrayals or healing something that happened within their family system. And next time you get triggered, just saying, oh, there's still something there and I'm sending it love and I'm working on it and I'm willing to look at it. But also, wow, I've come so far. I remember when this moment, I couldn't even speak it out loud. Now I'm letting myself cry. You know, and it's within this mental health conversation, within like the conversation of well-being. it's really about how can we take away judgment for self, cut out those other voices, and then how can we also meet ourselves with compassion and tenderness when we need it? You know, something you and me talk about, me and you talk about this stuff all the time. Like we're always, always, always on the phone talking, but you know, we talk about with a joke, like hugging trees, right? But even learning to hug yourself. And I already know there's probably a few people rolling their eyes in the chat, and that's cool. But hugging, touching, loving yourself, you know, being able to rest your hand on your heart for a minute, take a breath, close your eyes. You know, how often are we really with ourselves? How often are we really even giving a compassionate hand to us? You can touch yourself, you can focus on your breath, you can close your eyes and get quiet and still and create this galaxy inside of your being, this, this place that's just for you. You know, Reframing how we show up for ourselves is so powerful. Maybe it's not taking yourself on the shopping trip. Maybe it's not going to the spa. Maybe it's just being willing to look your own self in the mirror and stare yourself in the eyes for a few minutes and not look away, you know? Maybe it's just, I'm gonna hold my own body and hold my own shoulders on a day that I'm not feeling full.
5: Salute to to Shanti Das. I see Angie Martinez in here. Salute to my man D-Nice. No, what you're saying is so true because I think that we look at healing as something that, it's like a video game, right? Like you gotta complete a level. But my, my, my therapist was like, that's. She, she was like that's not the way to look at it because it's a constant process right because mm. of what you just said those things might you might get re-triggered and yeah. you, you know you gotta you gotta go back within yourself again
3: yeah and we can't be scared of the triggers like we have to take away the fear of what resides inside of us that is the biggest piece of it we all have our stories and i think you know, for some people, sometimes those stories, they didn't, they didn't ask for our consent to live inside of us, right? There are some mm-hmm. things that some of us are walking through that feel so shameful, so full of guilt, so full of humiliation, pain, um, or things that we didn't ask for in such deep ways that it makes us, every time we get triggered, it makes us ashamed of ourselves. And instead, it's like, can you be willing to treat your trigger, to treat your inner child and your younger self with the same love and compassion that you'd offer any other human being or any child on the street? Talk to yourself like a three-year-old. On my, on my hardest day, I talk to myself exactly exact way I talked to my three-year-old son, you know, and I give myself, I gift myself that love that sometimes I felt I didn't receive. You can give yourself that love, you know, but we have to, we have to step out of the fear. When you're triggered, it's nothing to be ashamed about. You experience trauma and you have come so far in your healing and the healing that you lend to every human being you encounter. And now I'm speaking directly to you, Shar, because you are one of the most loving, loyal human beings I have ever met in my whole life. Like thinking of you and our friendship will bring me to tears on any day
5: stop you're gonna make me cry (laughs) i want you to let
3: those let those delicious tears fall catch
5: them drink them later i i was i was i was gonna ask you to give us an example because i've seen you talk to uh uh, uh, my my little man so give me an example how you talk to yourself like (laughs) this
3: Okay. Well, I'll tell you. So every night I have a really expansive, specific affirmation session that I do with my son that we've been doing since he was a newborn. And I have found that on some of my days, I repeat the exact same things that I say to him and I say them to myself. So what I would do is like close my eyes and I'm going to share, I'm going to share with everyone here in the way that I do it for my son. Um, His name is quest. And so, you know, closing your eyes, hand over heart and just saying, um, I always say this to him, so I'm gonna just go with it, but mommy loves you, daddy loves you, God loves you, and you love you. You are filled with joy and enthusiasm for yourself, for your life. You are safe. You are protected. You are provided for. You are covered in God's grace. You are perfectly designed. And then I'll usually say, you are loved and lovable. You are valued and you are valuable. You are cherished and helped by the people in your life. You have an expansive open heart. You are so funny. You are so, and then I'll, you know, I'll go into different things, but that is the core of it. And so I send that to him. And a big breakthrough for me was if I see him and understand him as worthy enough of this, then everything about me is worthy of that as well. Even if I didn't hear it in that way, I can still gift that to myself. So it's even this idea of the lack of what we perceive that we didn't receive from other people, other places, other experiences. We think we're just now expected to live a life devoid of all of that. Where in reality, we are always in control and have choice and gifting that to us. Me doing that with myself for five minutes costs me nothing. No one sees me. I can be as tender, as silly as anything that I want to be. But it changes the structure of my day and how I feel about myself.
5: Wow. Listen, for everybody who's just joining us, my name is Charlamagne Lenard. Uh, I'm talking to Debbie Brown. Debbie is a wellness expert. She's an author. Somebody just asked when you're putting out a book. She actually has a book out uh, right now called Crystal, Crystal Bliss.
2: I
3: do. And I, I should be working on my next one, right?
5: You are. She's, work, she's working <laughs> on her next one. And she's the host of a podcast, uh, "Dropping In Gems with Debbie Brown. It's on the Black Effect Radio podcast network. So you can subscribe to that.
3: Hold that thought. We are coming right back.
1: Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry.
5: of, of Dr. My, Alfie, that's right. Another member of my soul tribe, Dr. Alfie, Dr. Alfie Breland Noble. Uh, she is a pioneering psychologist, scientist and author, and she is the chief mental wellness officer for my foundation, the Mental Wealth Alliance. What's up? Say, Alfie. Hey, hey,
0: How y'all hey. doing? Can y'all hear me?
5: Absolutely. Yes.
0: OK, it's such a joy to be here. I came in right when Debbie was speaking praise and beauty over her son and I was just like oh my god like so I just was thinking about how much when you share those words Debbie how we're all reflections of each other and when you reflect that to your son it gets reflected back to you Uh, when you and Char are having this beautiful conversation you're just reflecting so much light to each other and it almost makes me want to cry because I think given your platforms and where you sit in the world that both of you are as kind as you are You don't have to be that. Right. And so that just to me speaks to this idea of what it means to be in the constant process of healing. So I don't want to interrupt the flow of the conversation, but that healing, I just receive it. Right. And, you know, for full disclosure, I do talk about being an anxious person. It runs in my family as well. Um, Although the person who is the most anxious will never admit it because he's a veteran and like they don't do that. Um, but just knowing that there are people in the world who can sit in this space and be like the two of you and just reflect that goodness, in that light, it really is heartwarming and it's just it means so much. I know for so many people. So I speak for all the rest of us commoners out here. It's wonderful <laughs> for you all that that you are who you are and you do what you do. We appreciate
5: you. Well, um, I got a I got a couple of questions for you, Dr. Alfie. Um, sustainable underscore Nas wants to know how do we address the psychological pandemic we've inherited through the pandemic in communities of color?
0: One is we have to acknowledge that this is the space that we're in. So it like, it sounds basic, but I think sometimes what we do, we get so used to moving and going. I'm listening to and reflecting on something I heard Debbie say about how we live our lives. And I think what we don't do is we don't stop and recognize what we've been through, we don't stop and recognize what we're going through in the moment. And I think when we do that, when we keep trying to move, uh, we we rob ourselves of the opportunity to be present. And I feel like there's this thing I heard it from Oprah a long time ago. If you don't learn the lesson the first time that it comes, the lesson's gonna keep coming back. And the analogy that I remember was she said, I think she said it, it starts like a pebble right? But when it comes back, every time it comes back, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until at the end, it's like a boulder if you don't get the lesson. And so one of the things that I've learned as a Black woman and woman of color during this pandemic is that, you know, I have these mantras that I use and I say in every moment, I am liberated to choose. I am liberated to choose my own healing. I am liberated to acknowledge All the things that I'm seeing around me with racial injustice, I am liberated to choose disparities and the recognition of disparities that that's a real thing that I didn't necessarily do anything to contribute to. And if I can recognize that, then I can start unpacking it and working on my healing. But if I just keep going, I can't work on my healing. So my job, my responsibility to the ancestors, seriously, and to me, and to the future, is to always be
5: cognizant of I have a duty to work on my healing. Mm-hmm. now see that scares me, right? Cause, cause, no, I'm gonna tell you why because when you talk about the the, the thing, how when you don't learn the lesson, yeah, it keeps coming back. Is that the same thing as when you're you're keep you keep getting triggered by the same thing
0: Sort of I think so I think and i I can see Debbie wants to add to that too. I think the triggers I think we have to be patient with ourselves because healing's not linear, right? so it's not like I heard Debbie say you heal it and it's fixed. I think the triggers are there like that's your your body's like I heard her say the alarm system. That's true. That's your body's way of telling you this is something that makes me feel unsafe. And I just feel like we have to respect that. So when it, the lesson keeps coming back, I think what I'm really speaking to is this idea of we keep doing the same things, not paying attention to and being cognizant of what we want to do differently to get a different outcome. Right. So, for example, if one of the things I'm afraid of is speaking up for myself. Right. I can remember this from being a someday I'm going to tell all the business about what it means to be in academia. Right. And let people know because it ain't it ain't that nice. But if I started out in academia and I didn't speak my mind when I know I needed to, then what's going to keep happening is these opportunities are going to keep showing up for me to speak my mind. Because the universe, to Debbie's point, is waiting for me to open my mouth open. and use my words, right? It, want, it wants me to heal in that way. So I, for me, the triggers are really, I, I see them as opportunities. They don't feel like it in the moment, but I really do see them as opportunities. It's just your reminder, this thing is not healed. So this is your opportunity to try something different. What tools do you have? Has your therapist given you? Let's try one of those new tools. Last time we used the hammer, this time let's use the screwdriver. So that's how I tend to tend to look at those triggers.
3: I would love to add, Char, like one thousand percent in alignment and in agreement with that. You know, it's 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 really in the reframe, right? So like what Dr. Afi was speaking to with really those patterns repeating it's I like to call that catching God's fade because I feel like God used to come to me in whispers and I'd be like yeah maybe all right God like I'm gonna keep doing my thing and the next thing I know like I'm getting this like divine punch in the face and like I'm being forced to transform um so i learned that I would no longer like to catch God's fades so I have fine-tuned my ear Um, to listen to the tiny whispers, right? And sometimes those whispers come to us with just a thought that crosses our mind or we're at a stoplight and something is revealed. It's when we don't act on it. And so anytime we're not acting on what we know to be for our highest good or to be the deepest way that we can heal, um, we're, we're betraying ourselves. So now yeah. we're creating all these extra moments of self-betrayal that then begin to affect the way that we feel about ourselves because we're perceiving ourselves as always letting ourselves down. Now triggers are, I believe to be a powerful alarm system, but triggers are different because it's not that the lesson is repeating but your coping mechanism is repeating. And so like the trigger is that internal experience where you, it's just letting you know what's going on. We don't get to see that part of it. And it can be so, you know, the triggers are, triggers can be playful. It's about how we experiencing them. And it's again, taking away, you judging yourself, speaking out to what is real in the world, right? Is this me and how I feel about me? Or is this structural racism? Is this all the ancestral trauma that everyone has carried for hundreds and hundreds of years? For a lot of women, is this the the patriarchal trauma that we've been carrying since antiquity, right? And so when we ask questions that are more rooted in rational thought, sometimes, that can help. Um, And when we're in the midst of being triggered by something, being able to just be with it. You don't have to do anything with it. Sometimes you can just observe it. You know i like to be a little more i like to i like to seduce my pain so i like to be very flirty with my triggers and my pain and be like oh oh she upset today what's going on baby like i i get playful with it because the triggers are going to come but how we experience them is how we choose to experience them so even reframing oh something's coming up okay i need to spend time with this later i need to heal i need to focus on this later you know, and just really tapping in something, something else would like to come out. Let me give it freedom. Or coping with it in the moment. Maybe I need to stop.
0: Right. So I agree. Sometimes it's I'll deal with this later, but sometimes it's I need, let me stop right now. Right. Depending on, I think the size of it is, I think it is there like a speed bump, like slow down all your role, like deal with this now. Sometimes, not always, but I do think sometimes.
3: Absolutely. And I think that's the emotional regulation of really trusting that you know what you can give yourself. So in some situations, it's like, you know what? In this exact moment, I'm going to choose something else. Or if maybe you're in the midst of like work or with your child and like, I can't fall apart in tears right now, but I'm going to promise myself that tonight I'm going to give myself a little ceremony. I'm going to let myself cry for as long as my body needs to. And I'm going to get a nice meal. You know, I've done that where I'm like, well, I need to cry. So I drew myself a nice bath. I ordered my favorite takeout. And I was like, you're going to cry tonight, girl. Come on.
5: (laughs) You know, I got a couple more questions before we get out of here. Because, you know, I don't want to take up too much of everybody's time. But, you know, recently I've had people come to me and they said, we talk so much about what it is we need to do as far as our mental health. But what about family members who are dealing with people who have like severe mental health issues or or even, I don't want to say, there's no such thing as a minor mental health issue, but things less severe than schizophrenia, bipolar, things like that. What do the the family members need to do? That's a, so I
0: talk about that. I had this whole series I did on IGTV because what I found when I was practicing closer to full time is that I think as family members, we get caught up in this idea. I know it's not everybody. We get caught up in this idea that we have to save people and we have to save the people in our lives. And one of the, one of the first things I always tell family members, especially when we would all be sitting together is the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take that savior complex and take it out of the room. Right? So for people who are spiritual, who are most of my patients because they're people of color generally, I will say, you are not God, nor do you want that responsibility. And so it is not up to you to fix that loved one in your life. It is up to you to love that loved one in your life. And let's start talking about what can you do to care for them in this moment. The first thing you can do is care for yourself. And so I know sometimes people feel like, That sounds reductive. I said, but you can't take care of anybody else if you're not taken care of. So you know, you hear people say you can't pour from an empty cup, right? When you fly, you know, when people used to fly, some of y'all still do fly. Whose mask goes on first? Yours, because if your mask is not on, you can't breathe. If you can't breathe, you can't function, and you can't help the people you love. So I always tell people to come back to this place of it's not your job to fix other people. It's not your job to save other people. And you have to start with taking care of you. Then once you do that, this is me. I think you have to make an assessment of what is it that that person is seeking from you, that loved one who's experiencing, right? Maybe they have significant anxiety. Maybe they have debilitating anxiety. Maybe they do have a psychotic disorder and they're experiencing schizophrenia or or something similar. Maybe they do have severe depression. Again, it is do we take the time to ask people what they need from us instead of making assumptions about what people need from us so i can remember this one time a long time ago uh, my spouse and i were having a conversation and you know he was upset now he wasn't depressed in that moment but he was upset and so i was like well let's go do this let's go do this let's go do." and finally he was like alfie i don't want any of that and you know i was in my feelings. So i was like wait what do you mean you don't want none of that you're supposed to want this because i'm trying to help you <laughs> but the re- but the reality was <laughs> That was me. That was my need to do something for him. It wasn't for him. It was for me. And so I think coming back to that place of recognizing, I want to love this person for who they are in this moment. And I need to start by asking them what they need. And if they are in a place where they can tell me what they need, then we have a place where we can start. But we can't start from, I need to fix it. I need to do this, that, and the third, because I don't know what they need. So I think some of it is just coming back place of, You're not here to fix everybody. Stop trying to fix people. you got to deal with you first and then ask them for what they need. I don't know, Debbie, if you have anything you wanted to add.
3: You know, I I think what I'd like to add to this might just speak to a a portion of the population watching this, but it, it might be beneficial. You know, I think when we think about this savior complex that we take on, I think for some people, and this was my personal story, I realized that Anything can be used as a tool of self-avoidance, including doing things for other people. And so that was revolutionary for me because so much of my identity was always steeped in how strong I was, how much I was showing up for other people, being the fixer in people's lives, who people came to for advice. Oh, do this, do this, you know, but when you do that on an ego level, it feels really good. Even especially when it's for family members, but there is, that's also a trauma response. And that's also, you know, that savior complex, that, that path of righteousness, um, that doing, doing, doing also even some, you know, different systems, they can be used as powerful tools of avoidance and you can spend your entire life doing them and feeling really great about yourself or looking great to other people, but you didn't get any of the work accomplished here that you were supposed to do for you. And so it's like the, if you are not connected to your wholeness, Mm. what you do for other people is a performance. Mm. So who do we want to be? Right. Who, who do we want to be? I want to be healed and whole when I'm Mm -hmm. whole and healed or in pursuit of hot pursuit of self, then me being myself effortlessly extends that permission, that grace, that instructional ability to anybody that gazes upon me.
5: Uh, this is my final question for both of y'all cuz you know you, you know y'all are just two people that I enjoy talking to so much but what why is it important to have somebody to talk to Because this is one to one so what why is it important to have somebody to talk to I think there are lots
0: of reasons one of the reasons is I mean it's kind of on a basic level we don't know everything right and so we want to be in a place where we are able to, going back to the very beginning, reflect another person's light. We want to be able to Mm -hmm. reflect, like say for instance, Debbie, working towards wholeness. I want to be in the presence of people who are working towards that wholeness because that gives me something to aspire to, right? It makes me feel a sense of community. I'm always talking about uh, BIPOC and marginalized communities, black folks, the people of color, uh, queer, LGBT, LGBT folks, People with disabilities. I feel like all of us so often go through the world feeling so isolated um, in our workplaces, sometimes in our homes, in our neighborhoods. And, you know, having that other person to, I don't know, like ride or die to go along with you. I think about my girlfriends with the PRR crew. Some of them are here, they know who they are. Like they reflect different aspects of who I am. And so, you know, I, I think for me, it's really about finding a sense of community, finding peace, in seeing other people who look like me, who reflect me, when there's so much in the world that tells me who I am, being a chocolate girl, right, with natural hair, and having the brain that I have, having come through some of the experiences that I've come through. There's so many ways in which that, those parts of me are always told you're not enough. Sit down, get back, wait your turn. And I think having other people to talk to Helps me undo a lot of that, right? They help me unlearn some of those negative lessons. I see one of my girlfriends just shouted out, "I go there, Cindy." Um, And so for me, it's really about helping us know that we're never on this journey alone. And I do say, I think you know, for those folks who are spiritual, God gives you those friends to like just help to help you on your journey. You're not meant to be on this journey by yourself, right? If I hadn't met you, Shar, if I hadn't met Debbie, like there's a there are parts of my life that wouldn't be reflected as brightly and as positive as they are now that I've met you and that you've given me an opportunity to be on here with you today so for me it's just about not going through life alone nobody should go through life
3: alone yeah oh so deeply in agreement with that I before I answer that um just because I know we're at the end I want to say this out loud Dr. <laughs> Alfie you are a queen and I love you I scan your work and I love just being in this moment with you.
0: Thank you, Debbie.
3: Um, you know, I think human connection, that's what we came here for, right? That's what this earth experience is about. And I think we are meant to be powerful mirrors for one another. Mm. Um, I think it is important that we each recognize that we are the star of our own lives and we mm. should have top billing in our life. But I think we came here to aid each other in a multitude of ways, which even means in the challenging relationships that we have, there is purpose to that. There's mm. something that needs to be known to us even in that challenging relationship. And we have to deepen in our curiosity to find it, you know? And I think when it comes to some of our best friends that we're blessed with, which, and it might make me cry, but like, Char, like, I love you so much. Like, you're one of love my more. best friends in life and it's an honor. It's just an honor to have our friendship. I'm so grateful for the relationship we have. You know, when it comes to people like us, I couldn't even imagine living without you. (laughs) You know, like we don't have those people that can really see us with clear eyes. Mm. Um, Sometimes this human experience is so hard Mm. and we we get a really distorted view of who we are if we aren't careful, right? Like life can really come in and program us in a way that doesn't serve us. But when we are blessed with some of these substantial, deep, beautiful relationships, we can always return home. You know, we can always see ourselves um, in the way that the people love us most see us. And also they can offer such great insight that we may not have grasp of. So I think we we need the solo experience and to be on yes. our journey, yes. but we also deeply need this shared human experience. You know, that's how, that those paradigm shifts happen because of conversations like this that then go on to change the world, you know, and raise collective consciousness. So all parts are necessary. All parts have
5: purpose. Debbie Brown, Dr. Alfie, I love you both. I value you both. I appreciate you both. Tell tell them where to find y'all.
3: Go ahead, Debbie um i might be pinned below i don't know but at debbie brown just my name D E V I brown um the link in bio will take you everywhere i have a podcast i have a website i have a bunch of different stuff um that i feel really grateful to do so link in bio at debbie brown.com or at debbie brown instagram
0: so it's uh com. it looks like dralfi my son's kids that's what they call me they call me dralfi <laughs> <laughs> liam and luke and all y'all kids um Uh, and um, Dr. Alfie uh, is my handle it's everywhere on Twitter, on Instagram so on and so forth and then I also want to shout out because I know is not going to do it the Mental Wealth Alliance all one word Um, you got to go there and check that out and then the Acoma Project is a uh, youth and young adult nonprofit. I'm sorry and then I have to say to both of you I just wish you so much love and light and I'm sending you so much love and I do love both of you, you all are just Incredible people, and I'm just so grateful to Kenneth Cole and the Mental Health Coalition. You all, you have no idea what you've done for me just in this 45 minutes, honestly. Y'all are a blessing, so thank you so much.
5: Salute to my guy, Kenneth Cole. Salute to the Mental Health Coalition. Salute to Nicole. I see Queen Nicole Shelton on here, too. So hello, Nicole. And thank y'all very much, and I appreciate you, and I hope that everybody, you know, learned something from this live. I hope this live poured something into you today, all right? Thank you both, Queens. Love you both.
0: Thank Thank you. Love you. you, Love you, love you. 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 Thank you.
3: right that was my conversation the one-to-one with Charlemagne the God I also have the video of that up on my Instagram page at Debbie Brown if you want to check it out that was such a wonderful conversation Um, I'm recording the podcast right now and I'm doing a little construction in my backyard so you guys might hear a little extra noise for a moment apologies doing the best I can (laughs) can't help that extra little background um, sounds that you might hear. But yeah, so that was our one-to-one conversation on the Mental Health Coalition Instagram Live that we did powered by Kenneth Cole. And huge shout out to my brother, to my soul family, to my tribe, my lifelong friend, Charlemagne. I love you, I love you, I love you. And huge shout out to the incredible Dr. Alfie for all the powerful work that she does in the world and all the beautiful wisdom and insight that she shared. So you guys, Thank you for joining the show. Um, If you get a chance, please go ahead and subscribe. Share this with a friend, anyone that you think could glean some information from it. Don't ever think it just pop it up in your podcast and text it to a couple people. Um, And if you have the bandwidth, I would definitely be grateful if you took a moment usually takes about less than 60 seconds uh, to within iTunes, go ahead and leave a rating and write a review. Super appreciative. Love you. Catch you next week. God bless. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown.
1: Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. My I didn't sister. know we were going go to go
2: there on
4: this, <laughs> this
1: is- people that i admire when we say listen to your body really tune in exactly. to what's going on authors of books that have changed my life now you're talking about sympathy right. which is different than empathy yeah. right? never forget it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one listen to a really good cry with radhi devlukia on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts